throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Kaylee Ringo at the 21, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. Think about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins. Seth Small, 10 of 11 on the year, from 28 yards away for an Aggie upset win. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Welcome to Student Section, a student media poll podcast. Your home for all things SEC football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Student Section. I'm your host, Jack Duffy, a student journalist at the University of Georgia. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Michael Hull, uh, a student journalist at the University of Florida. Michael, how are we doing today? Doing good. College football decided to explode yesterday, but besides that, doing doing great. Yeah, it, it did decide to explode. And, you know, today we were scheduled to talk about your own Florida Gators. And we'll get to, to that uh, in another episode. I, it'll be uh, coming out later this week, and I don't know when it'll come out. But uh, we decided to record this episode because something strange happened in the world of college football, something that we really haven't seen before uh, in the history of the sport. Uh, and to talk about this change, uh, you know it's big when we have our first ever out-of-conference guest on the show. We have brought in uh, Indiana University's very own Patrick Feltz, the founder of the Student Media Poll, uh, to talk about a certain change of the University of Southern California and the University of California, Los Angeles, joining the Big Ten. <laughs> uh, that's That's... I shouldn't, it doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. Patrick, welcome to the show. Uh, we are so happy to have you. Uh, how does it feel to be our first at a conference guest and in the circumstances that it's in now? Well, you know, right now this is an out of conference guest, but with the way things have been moving, for all we know, we can be <laughs> the same conference tomorrow, right? Uh, and then we'll have to start from square one and you'll have to find a guest from like, I don't know, Akron or Bowling Green or something to, to be the first out of conference. Because what if everybody just joins the same conference? Because who knows? Nothing matters anymore. You can do whatever you want in college football. USC and UCLA can join the Big Ten. Sure. I thought I woke up this morning here in Indianapolis in the, the heart of Big Ten country yesterday, you know, right in the middle of it, in between Nebraska and New Jersey. Uh, I think you can shift that to like Nebraska as the center of the conference now and not this little island out West all by itself with this. Uh, I'm shocked. You're shocked. We're all shocked, but I guess this is the future of where collegiate athletics are moving. And uh, it, it feels almost inevitable that at the end of the day, there will be two conferences. There'll be a big 10 and there'll be an sec and those two conferences will compete for the national championship. And uh, you know, I hope we can keep some things intact. I hope we can keep the NCAA tournament intact the way it is right now. You know, March Madness, it, it would be heartbreaking if that went away. And, uh, and I don't know what I'd do with myself. But, uh, you know, I, I have my issues with the super conference model, but it's moving in that direction. And as weird as it is, 
this feels like a necessary move for survival by the Big Ten. You know, there was a stalemate forever. You know, even if this was going to happen behind the scenes and people behind the scenes knew forever that, okay, eventually some of these conferences aren't going to be as strong as the others and they're going to, you know, kill them off. There was a stalemate forever. And last year, the SEC broke that stalemate when they brought in Oklahoma and Texas. And now the Big Ten, this is their move. This is their retaliation. I think it's a necessary move for survival for the Big Ten to keep up with the Joneses and the SEC. But it doesn't feel right, and uh, I don't know if it ever will. Yeah, it, it certainly doesn't feel right because, I, I mean, even with the SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas, uh, we were talking about this before we, we started recording. Uh, it, it was in the SEC's footprint up until a point. Like, I mean, uh, the SEC has Texas A&M. They were in Texas, and Oklahoma is just one state above. It's, it's not out of reason for Oklahoma and Texas to join the SEC. Oklahoma borders, Arkansas, and I think it borders Missouri. Exactly. It's, it's, it's more Southwest than it is Southeast, but yeah, but but at the same time, it's just like, it's to go to to California. It's just like, Michael, like what, what do we think here? (laughs) I mean, geographic position doesn't matter anymore like we're, we're losing a lot of tradition with this move and it's obviously a money move by the big 10 like you get to storied programs like not just for football obviously but everywhere um usc and ucla and they're saying you know what we're done with tradition this is a new era nil all of this stuff oklahoma and texas are moving like we need to get with the program and It'll be really weird seeing Wisconsin's three tight end sets playing in LA at 9.15 local time. Like, I'm not totally ready for that. I don't know how that'll happen. I know LA fans aren't ready for that. They'll think we're watching a different sport or something. But it'll be it'll be interesting. That's the best way I can say it. Um, and I think that's right. I think – what's up? If Michigan has a road trip to LA the week before Ohio State, they're going to get soft and lose. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I, I think you're right. I think the two, I think it's going to become a super super league type situation where we have Big Ten and SEC. Eventually, those will be the two. Obviously, the Big Twelve is trying to like bounce back, adding like UCF and a few others. Um, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. Obviously, Cincinnati's big for football, but like, and Houston's good for basketball. Um, BYU as well. Yeah, BYU as well. Thank you. And it's just, I don't know if that'll really do much. I think it's like a band aid on a bullet on a bullet wound. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Pac-12 does and how they respond. I'm pretty sure they're just non-existent at this point. Um, and yeah. It, like I said at the start, it dropped the bomb on college football, and now we have to respond and figure out, okay, what's next? Because the past of geographic robberies and, you know, Michigan, Ohio State being Big Ten, Big Ten power, all of that, West Coast offense on the West Coast with the Pac-12, Pac-12 after dark, that's all gone. Like, we, we're in a new a new era. We have to figure out how to how to operate in it yeah it'll be interesting to see how like you said the pac 12 big big 12 and acc respond because i i mean 
like they're kind of left out to dry. It, it's just like they either have to to find like their their programs have to find a way into the Big Ten or the SEC or or they're kind of at this lower tier like it's not really a power five anymore it's really like a power two and three three like above group of five conferences but not up to par with the sec and big 10 and it, it'll be interesting uh because i feel like i mean oklahoma texas was the first domino of this transition uh usc ucla was the next and it's not the last it's certainly i don't think the last it, it's going to just knock continually knock down more dominoes as we head towards this super conference uh era in college football uh and pat i i'm curious to hear what you think the next moves in, in college football are because it's it's hard to speculate teams specifically but but where you see this going yeah, it's certainly not done, right? I, I think we're just getting started, and it won't happen tomorrow. We're not going to wake up tomorrow and find out that Kansas and Notre Dame or whoever joined the Big Ten. It took a year from Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC to, to get where we are today. Think about how different on July 1st, 2022, when we're recording this, the college sports landscape is to July 1st, 2021. NIL became legalized a year ago today. Yeah. Now that completely, now Texas A&M just bought a recruiting class. Like it's, it's crazy how, how much can change in, in the blink of an eye like that. It's going to take a minute for some of these things to go into a, but the questions are number one, what's the big Ten's TV deal going to look like? Because that's going to be agreed to soon. It was supposed to be agreed to in May, but they delayed it a couple times, probably because this was going on behind the scenes and the big 10 is going to get a lot more money now for this. So I'm curious to see whether it's, Fox, NBC, ESPN, whoever gives Big Ten all the money in the world, it will be the biggest TV contract we've ever seen. So it's that. And will the Big Ten sign a TV contract before or after? If the Big Ten signs the contract before, I think that means they're probably done moving around at least for a little bit. If they keep delaying this contract, that's going to tell me, okay, the Big Ten's ready to add another couple schools. Whether it's, you know, somebody who fits the geographic mold more, like Kansas, like hopefully a Notre Dame or a Pitt. I think those would be cool additions. Or it's an Oregon, Washington, somebody out West, Cal and Stanford fit the academic profile of the conference, which is something that matters to the Big Ten too. That's part of why they made this move is because the Big Ten Academic Alliance does matter and the conference generates a ton of money from research and collaborative research between the two schools. UCLA is one of the greatest public institutions in the country and USC is an incredible school as well. They fit the conference perfectly from that perspective. And I think that's important and something that shouldn't be overlooked and is no offense to these schools, why schools like Louisville and West Virginia are never going to join the big 10 because they do care about academics. It matters. So I don't know what's next. And I don't think anybody can know what's next. I certainly didn't think this was next no. yesterday or two days ago, let alone last year. I couldn't have predicted this in a million years, but here we are. Uh, and the future is now uh, the big 10 is a national league. And, uh, and I don't know what the next move is. If I had to guess, it'll be one of either bringing in Callen Stanford from out West, maybe Oregon and Washington. It'll be a pair of PAC 12 teams or Notre Dame and somebody, whether it's Notre Dame and a PAC 12 team like Stanford or Notre Dame and Pitt or Notre Dame and Kansas. Even I, I think, the time is right for Notre Dame. 
obviously, you know, there are obstacles to it. Notre Dame would have to pay an exit fee to the ACC for every sport other than football. Football, they're free agents and can kind of do whatever they want. The Big Ten won't take them as a football only member, though. That's just never going to happen. But what could happen is Notre Dame pays the exit fees because they have all the money in the world because they're Notre Dame and joins the Big Ten. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Obviously, they fit the geographic profile. They're three hours north of me here in Indianapolis. They fit the academic profile. They fit the athletic profile. It makes too much sense. And now their two biggest rivals, Michigan and USC, in addition to other rivalries they have, Michigan State. There's some animosity with Northwestern. There's history with Ohio State. There's an in-state thing with Indiana. That Wisconsin game they had this year was pretty fun from all accounts. And they were both independents forever with Penn State. There, there is history between Notre Dame and so many schools in the Big Ten. It makes perfect sense. Now is the time. Will it happen? Who knows? There are some ties between the conferences. Kevin Warren got his law degree at Notre Dame. Ohio State's athletic director, Gene Smith's Notre Dame grad. Gene Smith said it in his press conference today in Columbus. He wants Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. He said it forever. Apparently, I hadn't heard him say it before today. To me, it just sounds like they're saying the quiet part loud now because forever everybody knew behind the scenes the Big Ten wants Notre Dame. Now they're saying it out loud. If I had to predict, I think, yes, it's going to happen. I think Notre Dame is going to be the next school to join the Big Ten. When it happens, I don't know. Yeah, and I I agree. And, Michael, I want to hear your thoughts too. Um, It it just seems like – we're heading towards mm. more teams joining the Big Ten and also the SEC and, and yes, what what that's moves, we're talking about too. What what moves do you see in the Big Ten and also the SEC? Like what what do you see there? Yeah, I uh, I like what Pat was saying about Notre Dame to the Big Ten. I feel like Notre Dame is a chip that the ACC can't afford to lose, and they need to figure out how to get football into the ACC immediately if the ACC wants to survive. Right. Um, because that's like that has to be the play for them like Jim Phillips has to do something um or else they're gonna die like they're gonna become the Pac-12 which is probably going to die off first um depending on what moves they make the ACC is right there too um yes you have Clemson yes you have FSU I guess um definitely no bias coming from the Florida (laughs) from from the Florida writer about FSU Uh, (laughs) but they need to make a move. You see the big 10 making moves. You see the sec getting Oklahoma and Texas. You have to get Notre Dame to Notre Dame football into the ACC. That'll be huge for TV contracts, huge for just finances in general. I agree. They fit better in the big 10, but if you're the ACC, you cannot let them go to the big 10. As far as other schools joining the big 10, I, yeah, I just, I, like Pat was saying, Notre Dame makes way, way too much sense um, if they can figure out how to get them, pull them away from the ACC and the other sports and pull them away from being independent, um, which personally, I understand why they're independent for football. You have the NBC contract, like finance, financial wise. Scheduling rivalry too, yeah. Yeah. But um, now the rivals are all in the Big Ten. Exactly. It's true. Does, rivalry, yeah. does rivalry even matter Maybe. at this point? And Who knows? School like Notre Dame, it definitely does because it's so tradition heavy. But you know that that's a, still a valid question: is how much does tradition and rivalry matter in in this modern landscape when it's all about money? But I think Notre Dame cares, and Notre Dame could keep everything intact and just play Navy non-conference because, uh, and Stanford non-conference, I guess, every year because Michigan's in the Big Ten, USC's in the Big Ten, Purdue's in the Big Ten, all these schools that they used to play every year 
they just get his conference games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, but as far as the SEC, I wouldn't be shocked if like some rumors come up that like big ACC schools like Clemson, um, you know, I think FSU would make some sense in there. Like geographically speaking, I wouldn't be surprised if you start hearing these bigger ACC schools be like, hey, we know the which way the winds are blowing. Let's get on board with this. Um, I think those would be the first two that come to mind for me. Um, it's it's a whole new world. It's wild. Oh, it's so crazy. My thought for the SEC, and I think this also applies to the ACC. I think one of the bigger bargaining chips still on the table is West Virginia because number one, they're geographically very out of place being in the Big Twelve as that conference shifts west. They're in the same kind by you that doesn't really make sense to me but that's right geography is fake now it doesn't matter so uh but the thing west virginia does have going for it is it feels like geography matters a little bit more to the sec than it does to the big time by a little bit i mean a lot of it west virginia is kind of an sec country if the acc doesn't try and get them which they could that's a potential fit for the sec west virginia is a really good athletic program um i think also some of the other acc schools that could be gone after by either the SEC or the Big Ten. Some feel like better cultural fits in the Big Ten versus geographic fits in the SEC, football team, basketball team, whatever it is. I feel like North Carolina and Duke are going to be a pair wherever they go if the ACC folds. Should the ACC fold? Who knows if it will or won't? We can, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. I think that's a potential one for the SEC to go after and Obviously, North Carolina and Duke kind of speak for themselves, at least on the basketball court, and both have gigantic fan bases. Virginia Tech is one I think that the SEC could go after, too. I think they fit into the SEC mold more so than they do the Big Ten mold, versus Virginia fits more into the Big Ten mold than they do the SEC mold to me. And maybe that's the feel for it. You just got to get a cultural feel more than a geographical feel. Do they feel like an SEC school, or do they feel like a Big Ten school? It's all based on vibes in my mind. And <laughs> yeah, conference realignment based on vibes. The vibes that came from, I'll, I'll, I'll make a list. All right. I'll just go through a, co- a couple of the ones who I think could potentially be on the block. West Virginia gives me SEC vibes. VT gives me SEC vibes. Duke and Carolina, Big Ten vibes. Virginia, Big Ten vibes. Uh, Clemson, SEC. Florida State, SEC. Louisville, SEC. Notre Dame, Big Ten. Uh, those are the ones I think could potentially be on the move. I don't know if they will or won't. That all depends. Does the ACC survive? Does the ACC need to make a move? Could the ACC go after somebody? Could they go after a West Virginia? Could they go after, I don't know, some of these other schools who just joined the Big 12? Would the ACC go after Cincinnati or UCF if, if they can even get out of those contracts, which I kind of doubt, but who knows? Anything is possible, truly. The ACC could go after Pac-12 schools. They, sure. they could just say, like, yeah. like geographic doesn't matter. They could say, we'll, do, hey, we'll do both Coast Oregon, Conference. Oregon, Oregon Utah, let's just, let's just go. The coastal elites are after us again. <laughs> like, who knows at this point? It's it's really fun to think about and also really scary to think about. Um, because, like I said before, you're losing a large part of college football. But you also could be gaining a really new and exciting piece of college football. It's a really weird dichotomy that I don't know if anyone really knows how to figure out right now. It- it is going to be interesting. And like, it's true. You could see the ACC or, or the big 12 going after schools uh, like a West Virginia, like Pat mentioned it, it just, but those kind of schools, I feel like 
at this point when you're the ACC and you're struggling to survive, I don't know if a West Virginia moves the needle. Um, yeah, it's not USC. Exactly. It's not something where it's like, oh, it's this big brand that's going to save the conference. Uh, the Big Ten literally just added uh, two of the most tradition rich on the West Coast uh, schools that you could have added. Uh, these two big brands. Um, and I, I really don't see where the ACC and the Big 12 uh, and, and the Pac-12 really really go from here that that moves the needle in a sense that saves them and, and adds them into the conversation of super conference. Um, and so like if I'm the SEC, I, I'm literally I'm I'm making uh, like calls immediately to, to Clemson, to Florida State, to Miami, uh, to all of these schools that are like in the southeast region uh, and seeing like, hey, your conference, it looks like it's about to be done we have a chance to, to get you all of this money that, that could save your program and, and do numbers that you weren't even doing in the, in, in the ACC. Right. Um, how would you like a piece of the pie? Uh, and if I'm like, that's a strong consideration if you're an athletic director in, in any of those programs, because like uh, at this point, that that's the way college sports is, is heading. And Michael mentioned it's, it's exciting. It's you're losing a little bit of what made college sports special but at the same time it's it's bringing in a new wave of matchups and even rivalries that we we didn't know about before like uh you're seeing a lot of the groundwork for for a new era of football and um i i'm personally like indifferent to it at the moment uh it's i need to see the product first before i can really be uh on board it also like it doesn't help that logistically it takes 41 hours for like a, an L like UCLA USC to drive their equipment to like Piscataway, New Jersey, like that, like stuff like that, that doesn't make sense to me. And it seems like almost a waste of money on that, that standpoint. Um, uh, But once I see the product on the field come 2024, 2025, when OU and Texas join the SEC, like, I have a feeling it, it'll be a little bit more well well received then. Um, yeah, two but, years ago, yes, is, is time. But really, it's it's like I I'm interested to see how quick this moves because, uh, I mean, like like we said earlier, last year was the to the day was the introduction of NIL, and we've seen now four big brands move conferences and uh, the whole transfer portal, NIL, recruiting classes getting bought, like. College sports has drastically changed in 365 days. Uh, so if we give it another 365 days, I'm very intrigued to see what happens next. Yeah, let alone uh, two years when, when it takes for all these moves to officially become officially official, 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 official. How many times can I say that? Uh, <laughs> I think one saving grace real quick for the ACC is that they do have a contract with ESPN that runs through, I believe, 2036. And it's good money, but it doesn't sniff the money that the big 10 and the sec are going to get in their new deals. Um, I believe the sec already signed its deal with ESPN, but the big 10 deal when that's signed is going to make the ACC deal look like chump change, but it's there and it's stability. Thing that right now the PAC 12 and big 12 don't have to the extent the ACC does. I think that could be one saving grace for the ACC. It could definitely help them out. Another thing that I've seen talked about, um, 
you know, it's the distance. And you, and you did mention that the, the 41 hours, that's something that makes people very hesitant about this. And I agree. I, I think for, for student athletes, number one, in football, everybody flies private anyway. You're going to be fine. They've got the money for it. But then in some of the other sports, maybe men's basketball, women's basketball, the same deal, but you play a lot more games in those sports. And then in stuff like baseball, softball, tennis, freaking water polo, swimming, where they play more events, some of them like baseball and softball, where you play so many events throughout the week, so many matches, games throughout the week, and there's so much travel and you're all over the place. When you're contained in one geographic area, it's a lot easier on the body, on the mind, and certainly on the students because they do have to go to class on their campuses on the other side of the country. If you're a UCLA student playing a baseball game at Rutgers, if it were me in this position and I had to, you know, if I'm a UCLA baseball player and we have two series one week, one at Rutgers and one at Penn State. And then I, I missed class for a couple of days because I was on the other side of the country and I had a bunch of flights and I was living in hotels. And then I had a big midterm in my econ class that Monday when I'm back on campus. I would vomit. I would do terrible. I wouldn't have time to study. I would be too drained. I'd be too tired. That sucks for those kinds of athletes. And not to mention uh, the sports that don't fly because there are sports right now on these campuses that do not take flights. Like even in the big 10 to get to Rutgers from Indiana, like the, I don't know, the softball team or the, the tennis team or the golf team, they take a bus. Uh, <laughs> maybe you, you buy flights for the LA schools, but that's a lot of money, and obviously they're going to have a lot of money from the TV deals, but how much of that money is going to get funneled into these sports? Are, are these other student-athletes going to be left behind? I hope that's not the case, but I really don't think this was made with, uh, with those sports in mind and with those students in mind. I think it, it does negatively impact them. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I think that's something worth considering. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and, Michael, I, I know you want to talk about this, but, like, it, it – kind of just like rubs me the wrong way like it, it's supposed to be the student athletes that come first and I, like student comes first and student athlete and like I, I know in, in this day and age with NIL whatever they're they're closer to being professionals than they are amateurs I, I get it um it's just like with them doing school I I worry about mental health mental stability uh physical health and physical stability because like that going through that much travel puts a lot of toll on someone's body it, it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and, and so like you said pat it's just it it really worries me for the student athletes because i i'm concerned that this decision was not made with them in mind it was made with dollar signs in their eyes yeah um so i, I don't know michael if you have any thoughts on that too no, I was I was going to just agree with Pat. You think about these minor sports, like, yeah, it'll be fine for football and men's basketball, women's basketball, like the big money-making sports. But you think about a golfer at USC. Does he think about transferring to an SEC school? So that way travel is easier. Mm-hmm. It travels cheaper. Um, and SEC has a very, very good golf program like overall so you have to think about things like that like how is this decision to join the big 10 going to affect your teams in those minor sports 
that make a difference mm -hmm. because I mean, if, if it were me, I would not be wanting to go on cross country road trips every other weekend and missing out on classes, missing out on, you know, just a little bit of free time that you have as a college yeah. athlete. That's basically all gone. Like th these are still students. Like these are guys and girls that are like our it's, age. It's they still don't have some type of social life. Yeah. They're not going to have that if they're on a bus for 40 hours every other weekend. And so it's just, if it were me, I would be like, okay, I guess I'm transferring to a conference that I don't have to travel across the country. I mean, it's very, very interesting when you get into those minor sports, what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And USC and UCLA have been very good at those sports forever. Uh, USC has one of the top yeah. women's golf programs in the country. Yeah, I think, and I think UCLA win. the number one women's golfer right now. They've got, yeah. got a good beach volleyball team. By the way, these teams are joining the Big Ten in every sport other than beach volleyball. In case you were wondering, uh, I, although I okay, never mind. I'm completely fine with everything now. Beach volleyball on board. I'm on board. Yeah, the Big Ten should sponsor beach volleyball though. Get get down on the beach. Listen, Northwestern's on a beach of Lake Michigan. The beaches uh, of Evanston. Let's go. You can't be too far from they, they're real it's a real thing by the way oh i know uh, i am not making this up but i mean there's, there's got to be a lake and close enough to, to michigan you know there are a bunch of lakes up there minnesota land of ten thousand lakes new jersey has a whole shore isn't they have isn't, a whole shore yeah yeah they're on the coast same with maryland uh isn't minnesota on the i think it might be on the mississippi river um goes up through minneapolis right sure count it east volleyball uh, on the mississippi per, river purdue's on the Wa purdue's on the wabash river yeah the on the banks of the mighty wabash uh the <laughs> new beach volleyball team so yeah i i mean i, I think it'd be fun but yeah th those two schools are very good at those sports um uh, those types of sports the olympic sports they call them out in the pac-12 and non-revenue in the big 10 and sec so uh <laughs> the language is different because they're good at them so they, you know uh i think that bolsters the conference in that way but at the same time yeah it's worth considering does do you want to go out there when you have to travel all the way out into two, three time zones away for every every game you're going to play on the road. So it's worth considering even transferring to another Big Ten school where you're a lot closer 90% of the time, except for the odd time you have to travel out to LA. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that's worth considering. And I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a driver for this to stop it. It doesn't help. And it, it definitely makes it tougher on, you know, the average UCL or USC fan who wants to get to a road game too. It, it, it stinks for them. So, you know, all that stuff, you know, I, I don't like, but I, I think there are positives to it. If this is the way it's moving and this is a good move and uh, it definitely opens the door for more things for the big 10. And I'm excited to see Indiana play a game of the Rose bowl for the first and probably only time I could ever only way I could see it in my life, right. Is, is seeing them play a conference game against UCLA because, because they're never making a Rose bowl in my lifetime. So uh, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. And I, I, this is like kind of final thoughts here too. I like you, you throw traditions like the Rose bowl kind of out the door a little bit, especially if the PAC 12 kind of dissolves, like there's no like Rose bowl tradition there anymore. Like what, what, what happens? Uh, it's kind of like everything's out the window. Um, one final thing I wanted to mention was I saw a tweet today and, and this is like, it's, I understand that this was a football move, um, but also USC and UCLA in the past 10 years 
don't even rank in the top four of win percentage in their conference. Um, so it, I, I know USC is going to be on the up and up with Lincoln Riley and the transport or whatever. Uh, it's just like or Lincoln the, Riley caught off guard again. I, I know he the <laughs> Lincoln Riley trying to dodge the SEC dodge and has to go SEC deal with the Big Ten now. Play, he has to go play at Michigan in November. So it, it's going to be. Honestly, worse having to deal with the cold. You could have at least been in the, the south where it's at least somewhat warmer. But no, uh, or, uh, he's gonna have to go to Kinnick. He's gonna have to deal with Purdue after dark. Yeah, that's one thing. Is Purdue Purdue at like a ten o'clock kickoff in LA? <laughs> Terrifying. Absolutely. And so I'm just like these. I understand that they're the the main reason they're in the Big Ten now is because of their brand. It's just like the Pac-12 has a chance to, to be okay if they, they figure out a way to add teams and, and, and uh, kind of bolster the teams that are in their conference. Like they give, they give a chance to Oregon or, or Washington or Utah to be the face of the face of the Pac-12 for the, the next, however many years. And, and that's like, I feel like their only road to surviving. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure how I feel about this move just yet. It's still so very fresh, so very new, so very weird um, that it's it's really hard to have an opinion just yet. Um, Michael, uh, I'm curious if you have any final thoughts before we sign off here. No, I kind of agree with you. It's hard to have an opinion just yet when something's so fresh like this and there's just so many possibilities. Um, part of me is a little sad that we're – going to lose that tradition of college football um, because let's be honest here having two big 10 teams in California is weird like it, it just is it's just strange um, but a part of me is hopeful for the future of college football just because the money that's going to be thrown around like college football is going to be okay it's going to look different yeah. and we already knew it was going to look different with NIL um, it may just be two super conferences. It may just be the Big Ten and the SEC. Um, it may end up looking like European soccer looks like, where you have the Premier League and the Champions League and a bunch of promotion and relegation. <laughs> yeah, Texas. That would be incredible. Texas five and seven, uh, pl- or not even five and seven. Texas playing for a relegation spot in the SEC against. <laughs> no, they, they find a way to schedule Kansas for their relegation match and they lose to Kansas. <laughs> they lose still. to Kansas. Lads, it's Kansas. Yes. Come on, get three points here. Uh, it, it's just, it'll be, I mean, as like, we're not like, no, we're members of the media. I'm going to say, as a member of the media, that's I'm right. excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, it, it will be I'm, I'm sad for the past, but yeah. excited for the future regardless it's going to be entertaining and it will be interesting and it will be different that much i know uh i i I am you know hesitant and i'm i am sad about what we're losing i i think it could be interesting i think there can be good things about it definitely brings a lot of negatives to the table i definitely think it's in some ways unnecessary in that the whole direction the sports heading generally is unnecessary but the fact of the matter is that's the direction it's heading and the big 10 has to play the game or risk going the way of the dinosaur, like the Pac-12 very well could be in, you know, the next couple of years. So I think it's a necessary move for survival, but I don't think it it shouldn't have had to come to this. It it shouldn't have had to come to this, but it did. So they did it. 
and you really couldn't have made a much better move if that's what was on the table. It's going to make so much unbelievable amounts of money. It's great for competitive balance. It's great academically. Honestly, as weird as it is to say that it's a great cultural fit, it is because I think, you know, those are just as institutions, they're good cultural fits. You know, when you talk about the schools themselves compared to other big 10 universities, they, they have a lot more similarities than they do differences. Michigan and UCLA are very similar schools. I mean, just off the top of my head, Northwestern USC aren't uncommon. So, uh, but the average Iowa fan or the average Purdue fan is not a whole lot of like the average USC fan or the average Rutgers fan for that matter. Uh, it's weird. It, it's not, it's not something I ever expected to see in my lifetime. Uh, maybe I should have been, maybe I was naive, but I didn't, I, I didn't think it would come to this, but it did. And here we are. And, uh, and the future is now. So uh, I certainly will be around for it to, to keep my eyes on it. I'll, I'll be intrigued to, to see what happens, but uh, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. definitely. Intrigued. Yeah. That, that, that is definitely a better word. And yeah. Intrigued is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that more. I, I want to see how it plays out. I, I think it could be a good thing. I hope they keep the conference championship in Indianapolis and uh, the first game IU plays in the Rose Bowl or in, in the Coliseum. I will shell out stupid amounts of money and I will, I will go. And I'll make it happen. <laughs> the first home game at Assembly Hall against UCLA, too. Uh, either of those will, will be incredible. Yeah. No, it, the future certainly is now. And the Big yeah. Ten is. California dreaming so it'll be interesting come 2024 what's to come um but yeah Patrick it's been great having you on um having me yeah first out of conference guest or you know as we say you know it could be 10 years down the line that everybody's the SEC or whatever everybody's George the big is not pen. ready George is not ready to play in the sleet in Bloomington <laughs> with I guess I, I don't I don't think they would be no let's <laughs> uh Kelly school business kids swinging their t-shirts at the top of the stadium like we did against Rutgers but uh yeah <laughs> don't, don't look up the score of that game by the way it, it was it was bad. It, it was I like 38 to 3 or something yeah, but it was 38 to 3 you got the score exactly right but uh there go. way to go uh <laughs> it was uh it was ugly but that was the only thing anybody remembers so the first time USC sees that and they have to play you know in, in the midwest or in the northeast in uh in November, in uh, in the freezing cold, it's it's gonna be hilarious seeing all those, see, seeing Chip Kelly try and run that you know that Oregon quote unquote offense that he runs at UCLA now. I, I still just call it the Oregon offense because that's what comes to my mind when I think of Chip Kelly. Seeing him run that in Champaign, Illinois, in sleet, in thirty eight degrees on November fifteenth, where all their players are wearing coats and Brett Bielema has like a visor and shorts on is going to be great. And for that, I'm excited. So uh, I, I can say that much about it. There, there are definitely positives to this move as, as many questions as I have as many true negatives. As I think there are, there are definitely some positives and definitely some things I'm interested to see play out. So uh, definitely a shocking move. And, uh, and that's really all I have to say. I, I have some thoughts and I'm sure my opinion will change a hundred times between now and 2024 when this actually takes place. But I think that's enough time for me to digest this, accept it, and be ready to watch these teams compete in the Big Ten in 2024 and beyond. Absolutely. And, and I mean, if anything, it's a great, great thing for content. So, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. As we, as we sign off, Patrick, tell the people where they can find you on social media and what you're up to. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Patrick J. Feltz, F E L T S. Um, 
and you can find me a lot of different places. Um, I've got some news about where I'll be writing next year coming soon. I uh, can't share that quite now, but I will be covering Indiana football among other things. Um, uh, I, you can find me on the first and 10 here on the student media poll podcast network, the big 10 show I've been doing with my great friend, Reed Murray, who goes to the Ohio state university and he's from sec countries from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we've been doing that for now just about three years. So uh, you can find me there. Um, you can, of course, find me on Twitter. And you can find me at the student media poll, which you guys are involved with. I'm sure all of our listeners are familiar. So uh, you can also just uh, holler at me. Let me know if you want me to come on your podcast. This was fun. I forget how much fun it is going on other people's podcasts and uh, getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. You guys are always welcome on the first and 10th, too. I know, Jack, you've done it before. I don't think Florida's playing any Big Ten teams anytime soon that we know of until who knows who's to say you know maybe for all we know utah is going to be the big 10 tomorrow (laughs) right so uh (laughs) if that happens you're you're in and uh and we'll make it happen and uh it's it's here and uh and i'm so grateful you guys had me on yeah absolutely we had a great time uh michael you know uh tell the people where they can find you yeah as usual michael underscore hall 33 on twitter instagram um linkedin just like look up michael hall if you want to follow me on linkedin if you if you have any jobs i mean might as well start looking he's networking those. people he's networking, networking. always be right. networking yeah um yeah for gators content sad jacksville jaguars content slightly happy orlando magic content um yeah that that's where you can find me yeah Paul oh wait here. by the way the pacers just traded malcolm brogdon Holy yeah, to the celtics Ah, <gasps> oh, wow. Well, sorry, you know, to, sorry to react in real time, but you guys are you guys are getting the full experience. We do these shows live. Uh, and this this is me to the people Malcolm, who don't know. Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics. I'm literally wearing a Pacer shirt right now. Uh, all right, let, let's just hope we trade it for Jawan Morgan so we can have an IU guy on the team. Give us all your draft picks, Celtics. Thank you. <laughs> um, you you got Daniel Tice. Um, let me see. Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, and a 2023 first-round pick. And apparently they're interested in flipping Daniel Tice. So stay tuned on that. Who was the second guy? Um, I believe it was, yeah, Aaron Neesmith. Neesmith. Okay, whatever. The the live trade breakdown on student section. (laughs) I'll take a first-round pick. That's fine. Yeah. We need young guys. The Celtics Celtics are also including Nick Stauskas. Sauce Castillo. Malik Fitz and Jawan Morgan in the trade. Jawan Morgan, baby, let's go! I'm buying the jersey. Live reaction. We do these things live. Um, yeah, but as, as we we wrap up with this Pacers news, um, it was so fitting that that happened with Patrick on the show. Uh, love that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Duffy. Uh, I tweet about a lot of Atlanta sports stuff. The Hawks recently traded for Dejounte Murray, which I was screaming and running through my house, almost passed out because that was very exciting. Um, very good stuff there. Um, also follow at red black sports, the red and black does some really great stuff. Uh, it's currently the summer content season. So kind of slow on sports, but uh, as we ramp up for the fall, the defending national champions, you can find all of that content there at the red and black. Um, so yeah, give them a follow. Give at Student Media 25 a follow. I'd be remiss to, uh, to not mention it uh, oh, because um, Student Media poll, we're coming back uh, for fall, uh, our second season, doing some great things. Uh, lots of 
really good, cool content coming up, especially with the, the new podcast network that we have in development. So keep on the lookout for that uh, and follow this podcast on all social media at uh, stud SEC SMP. That is at stud SEC SMP uh, for all your student section needs. We're going to be posting this one pretty soon. Uh, and then we're coming back for our third episode of the week with the Florida Gators preview very shortly. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and as we, we wrap up here, uh, follow the podcast and, and we will see you next time.